It's your boy Rabino. And this DJ Erm in the building. And you listen to the Up and Up podcast. Yeah. Wait, what are we doing? I don't know. Just listen. Yes, 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 yes. Welcome, welcome, welcome. What it do, what it do. Ladies and gentlemen, you're tuning into the Up and Up podcast. I'm your host, Rabino. And this DJ Erm, man. Yes, sir. You sounding healthy right now, bro. I'm trying. I'm recovering. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were kind of yeah. sick. You know, past few days. Yeah, yeah. Weather's Sorry, better man. now. Yeah. You were complaining about the weather like a few episodes ago. Uh, yeah. You were confused, and, remember? And it, and it came to just bite me in the ass. But yeah, cool. man. Happy Friday. Um, so for those of you first-time listeners out there, this is the Up and Up podcast. Um, this is the podcast where we're focused on cultivating the culture. Uh, we do that by providing amazing stories of individuals, groups, movements, uh, people who are just out here doing what they want to do on their own terms, mm-hmm. right? Living on the Up and Up, uh, making ways, paving ways for people behind them. Right? Representing yep. Yep. spaces that need representation. Yeah. I can keep going, right? Yeah. Right? Um, and those, and for those consistent listeners out there, consistent supporters, uh, the viewers, you know, family, as I like to call them, shout out to y'all as well. Uh, make sure to please, please, please continue supporting the podcast. Not only us in this platform, please continue supporting the guests that we have on this show mm-hmm. who, who are doing amazing work out here. Um, if you want to continue supporting the podcast, you know what to do. You can follow us on YouTube, SoundCloud, and iTunes. Just type in the Up and Up podcast. That's where you can find it. Make sure to rate, review, subscribe. And like it, too. And like it. All that, yeah. Yeah. You want to tell them again? And like it, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And also, please, please make sure to follow us on all social media platforms at underscore the up and up to stay tapped in. We got a lot of stuff coming. Anything you want to talk about that? Yeah, yeah. We got a lot. We got a lot. Of, yeah, we got a lot of other things coming, but yeah, tell, yeah, tell yeah. them what's finally here. here. So uh, now we got our merch, uh, upandupclothing.com. Mm-hmm. If you guys want to cop a hat, hoodie, shirt, Anything. there's plenty more to come. So yes, yeah, sir, and, and all that info will be listed right here. Yeah. Um. Yeah, man. It's Friday, but when they listen to this, it'll be Tuesday, right? So yeah. they can rec- recollect on all the bad decisions they made. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And we can kind of get them back to reality. <laughs> All right, bro. All right, yeah. man. Let's just get to it. Um, now, for those of you who are first-time listeners, we always, always bring um, a compelling story up here, right? Somebody who's going to, you know, um, drive some inspiration, motivation um, for those listening and viewing who need it, right? Um, as well as us and mm-hmm. everybody in this room. Um, today's guest, I would say, is a, is a woman who's, whose work has allowed her to build and establish herself in the food industry and culture. Um, as well as establish herself as a positive representation for women in business, period, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I would say she's a young woman who's keeping everything she's doing on the up and up, right? Obviously, otherwise she would not be with us tonight. Um, just to give you a little insight on the work she's been doing um, here and beyond, she's the owner and visionary behind Alcove Dining Room uh, and Restaurant, which is a 32-seat restaurant with a dining experience that provides an inside look to her strong ties of, of Afro-Brazilian, um, culture as well as her Pacific Northwest upbringing and all that mashed up into one building space experience. Right? You like that? Yeah. That's, I sold it, right? Yeah, I feel like yeah, I sold yeah, it, right? Sold I'm, it, I'm just for the listeners, right? Yeah. You know, i got to paint the picture for them. Um, also, her culinary work, you know, she's done a lot of great work. She's putting a lot of um, hours and, you know, sweat equity, as they like to call it, in business. 
Um, her culinary work has granted her opportunities to appear um, on platforms such as the Food Network, Fox Network, uh, Q13 Fox, and countless other platforms as well as the Up and Up, right? Mm-hmm. Right? You know? Can we get around the sponsor <laughs> right there? Come on, Come on You know? Yeah, shameless plug. Um, and, you know, just to kind of sum it up, she's the boss who makes the sauce, right? I had to throw that in there. <laughs> right, I'm always go. good. I'm always go. good from one corny little, you know, phrase like that. But let's just get straight to it, man. Our guest is none other than the chef in charge herself, Emmy Ribeiro Collins. Can we get a round of applause? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Welcome, welcome. Thank you for coming to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah, man, you know. Um, I'm excited, man. I'm excited. I actually got put on to you by, by the homegirl. She was, yes. you know, she was raving about the work you've been doing. Um, the Shout restaurant, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Shout her out. Um, but I'm not sure if you're familiar with the show. We usually kick things off with the quote of the day. Um, it's just something, you know, uh, <laughs> calm down. We'll get to you. I get my time to shine down, right? It's just something to kind of set the tone of the conversation. So, um, DJ Erm, go ahead. Take it away, man. What's, right. what's the quote? So the quote of the day for today is the table is a meeting place, a gathering ground, the source of, uh, sustenance and nourishment. Festivity, safety, and satisfaction. A person cooking is a person giving. Even the simplest food is a gift. Mm. Love that. I gotta say it again. Who, yeah, no. Nah, but who, who, uh, who's that quote by? Uh, Lori Cohen. Okay. She's an author. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Back okay. In the day. Yeah, run that back for me one time. All right. For so, me. <laughs> so the quote is: "The table is a meeting place, a gathering ground, the source of sustenance and nourishment." Festivity, safety, and satisfaction. A person cooking is a person giving. Even the simplest food is a gift. Mm. Yeah, you you do a good job picking quotes. Yeah, man. You know, because we so to kind of give you some framework, we Mm -hmm. usually bring in the quotes because we want something that'll tie into our guest story, but also something that's you know inspirational, motivational, things like that. Yeah. Um. So before we get into your story, obviously, what we do on the show is we provide context to people's success, right? We kind of pull the curtain back and let people know what went into all of. Um, that's actually happening right now. Um, so if you can, for the listeners and viewers out there who probably never been to Alcove mm-hmm. or um, <coughs> probably don't know much about it, um, I guess what would you say is the type of dining experience you guys are providing and, and aiming to provide? Yeah, so Alcove is pretty unique. Um, the restaurant space itself has been in my family for almost 20 years now. Okay. Um, it was originally Tempero de Brazil, my parents' uh, Brazilian restaurant. They opened it in 94. It was the first Brazilian restaurant in Seattle. Um, Say so, that. Yeah. yeah. I, That's I historical right there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for yeah. sure. Um, so I grew up there, and in 2017, after, I think, what, 17, 18 years, they were kind of over it and passed the torch to me. Mm. Um, and I took over and did a lot of renovation and kind of put my own spin to things. Mm-hmm. Um, and Alcove is really special and unique to Seattle. We have, it's 32 seats. Um, it's a little different because we have four 10 feet long table. It's communal seating. So you're sitting with whoever you co- come to the mm-hmm. restaurant with mm-hmm. plus, you know, strangers, mm. you know, and it's all to kind of like encourage a sense of community. Mm. Um, it's really like Brazilian too. Cause you know, we're super friendly and just talking to everybody all the time. So, um, yeah, it's just you know, to encourage community. And also, um, the way we serve our food, Brazilian food, is uh, more of like family style. So that also, you know, is a perfect setting for, for okay. that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I mean, you made it. You making it experience. Yeah, it's definitely that, an experience. Yeah. It's it's about the food, but also much more. You know, we have live music on the weekend, so we really set the ambiance. Mm. It's um, an experience. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Nice. So, 
Let's take it back. So, like, let's talk about your story. You said you did kind of grow up in the yeah. restaurant space with your mm-hmm. parents. So Yeah. Yeah, yeah so. so definitely. Um, and even taking it further back, so I was born in Brazil. Mm-hmm. Um, I came to Seattle when I was six. And even there in Brazil, my mom, my mom has always been a chef, a cook, like the cook of the family. Um, so even back in Brazil, she owned a catering company that she ran out of our house. Um, so I've been around it literally all of my life. Um, and then when we moved to Seattle, they opened up, you know, the first Brazilian restaurant, and I kind of grew up there. Um, I started hosting, busing tables, you know, working the kitchen, dishwasher, everything. Mm. Uh, and then I thought I was going to go to, like, front of the house, which means, you know, like the management service mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. stuff, just because I loved, you know, talking to people, and I liked that. Um, so I was going to go to school for business to, to do that, but just things didn't work out that way. Mm-hmm. The kitchen was calling me. Um, I found myself a lot, like, coming home, because I worked with my parents, but I also worked at other restaurants, mm-hmm. um, and I'd come home, and I'd, like, kind of, like, copy what the chef made. Like, I just saw that, like, my interest was kind of, mm-hmm. you know, with the food. Okay. Um, so, yeah, I just decided to go to culinary school and graduated from there, but I had, at the time, my daughter was four or five, so I knew I didn't want to go straight from culinary school to, like, working in restaurants and coming home at, like, 1 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. Um, and so I kind of, like, just looked at the food industry, which is huge. There's so many different, like, ways that you can be successful in the industry, mm-hmm. not just, like, owning a restaurant. Mm. Um, so I decided to do private chefing, which was kind of more, you know, family-friendly hours. I'd go, I'd cook for the family, and I'd be home to be able to cook for my daughter okay. and husband as well. Um, so that's what I did, and um, it kind of just grew into catering and uh, now a restaurant. How do you – so how does one become a private chef? I'm curious because, like, yeah. I mean, my roommate cooks really well, yeah. but I, I wouldn't consider him a, my private chef. You know <laughs> what I'm saying? Like, I don't pay him. Obviously, you get paid to do it. But, <laughs> right. but like, what is what are the steps you take to um, present yourself, pitch yourself to people yeah. who need that? Or how do you even find those people? Right. So I kind of lucked out. I'd say like just to be a chef or professional cook in general, you have to either have some schooling or experience. You can't just like Mm -hmm. be a self-proclaimed chef. Okay. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a lot that goes into it Um, because I knew I didn't want to, you know, work from restaurant to restaurant and climb that ladder. Not because I was lazy or anything. Again, it was because I had a daughter and just a whole, um, you know, lifestyle that I wanted to keep a certain way. Mm-hmm. Um, I decided to go to school, which I encourage anybody who's interested in the food industry to do or, you know, who wants to cook. Mm. Um, I learned a ton at school. Yeah. Um, and it was actually through my school that I was able to land my first private chef job. Um, they definitely help place you, like, in restaurants or whatever. You know, you just got to talk to them, let them know, like, yeah. what you're wanting to do with your career. And okay. they're super, super helpful. I went to Seattle um, Culinary Academy, which okay. is at the Seattle Central Community College. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, just I, you know, used my counselors and advisors and chef instructor instructors to kind of help guide me. So, yeah. Yeah. And that's dope because, you know, I feel like you growing up and in, in kind of in the family mm-hmm. business. Right. Yeah. You kind of had a leg up right. already. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, from more so of just seeing how things are. You said you, yeah. you bus tables. You kind of right. did all different roles. You wore mm-hmm. different hats. Yeah. So that part probably didn't excite you as much as like figuring out how can I do it Mm -hmm. myself. Right. Right. Yeah. And it's actually funny because, you know, my parents opened the restaurant. I was 12, I believe. Um, So I saw how hard that was, you know, like they went through the recession and all that. It was 17 years of restaurant. So I didn't want to open a restaurant. I didn't want to own a restaurant, but I knew I wanted to work 
in culinary. Um, so, you know, so when I was like in class, like the teachers would always like ask all the students, like, what, what do you want? And everybody's like, own a restaurant, own a restaurant. I was like, I don't want to do that, but mm-hmm. I don't really know what I want to do yet. Um, and they helped me figure mm-hmm. that out. But yeah, having that background of having grown up in the restaurant industry definitely shaped my yeah. career. No, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like you already had it in. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. So what were like some of the things that, okay, so you end up getting the restaurant mm-hmm. or the space from your parents, right? Yeah. And so, what were like some of the things like when you finally had it for yourself? Yeah. That you didn't like realize back when like your parents had it. A that lot. makes sense. Like the yeah. renovation process. Yeah, I'm like sure the renovation. That was, yeah, yeah right? that was intense. Like I knew it was gonna be hard, but it's unless you're in it and experience yeah. it, you really like don't know how hard it is. Um, I just saw my parents, you know, doing all these things and always would be like, oh, why don't you do it this way? Why don't you do it that way? And now I'm finding <laughs> myself do everything that yeah. like my mm-hmm. parents were doing. I was like, oh, that's why they're doing to save money and to, you know, yeah. try to be smart. So yeah, that's been funny. And my parents actually now kind of help me out as well and like yeah. work with me. So they're, my dad is always like, oh, so you're doing this. Yeah. <laughs> but remember? Yeah. So. And it's kind of cool because I feel like you can probably teach your parents things now, right? That yeah, you've definitely. learned yeah. um, just by trying your hand at this definitely. renovation process and mm-hmm. opening this spot and yeah. kind of bringing it into, definitely. you know, the modern day now. Exactly. Right? And I and it's, you know, I've seen what they have done that have wor- has worked and what hasn't worked. So I've got a leg up with that as well. No, I'm, and I'm yeah. curious. So we had um, episode one. Mm-hmm. We had uh, Solomon Doobie of Cafe Al Vol. And after that episode, I remember we had got uh, feedback from mm-hmm. one of our listeners. She had reached out yeah. and she said how much that episode impacted her in regards to the fact that she always wanted to open her own restaurant, but she didn't. there were so many misconceptions that were kind of deterring her away. Mm-hmm. So she wanted to just go into nursing until she heard uh, Solomon's story and she was like, okay, maybe this is possible. Right. So for those people out there who are wanting to go into the food service industry, even if it's not owning a restaurant, just what are some misconceptions that you knew weren't true after going through it um, Mm. that people are probably, you know, staring at right now? That's an interesting question. Um, I don't know if this actually answers this question. I know a lot of people think, like, before opening a restaurant, like, let's just do a food truck. Like, that's a little bit easier. But it's actually not, in my opinion, it's a little bit even harder. Mm. You know, the food truck thing is kind of to test out your concept to see if it's working or not. Mm -hmm. Um, It's definitely not, like, an end of your career with yeah. that because there's you know a limit to what you can do with like stepping stone yeah it's sure. definitely mm-hmm. a stepping stone um but besides that i feel like um i don't know if this answers your question yeah. but for her to get discouraged i would say like don't be discouraged by hard work well, she, she thought it, she just felt like oh it's too expensive that was like the gotcha. first thing she heard and after yeah. hearing his story how he kind of bootstrapped it yeah resources and things like that she realized oh okay i can probably do it yeah Um, and i would say the same thing like i would encourage everybody who has an interest in this or anything else that they want to do um to not be discouraged by like the daunting you know financials and and anything else Mm -hmm. um there's always a way and i feel like if you're doing something that you love Mm -hmm. and it's always worth it no matter how hard it is you know like like her example of doing nursing. Nursing yeah. is hard too, but yeah. like if you love food and you don't really love, yeah, nursing, and it costs money you know, too. Yeah, either exactly. way you go, either route you go, you're gonna it's put gonna, up some bread. Yeah, like, definitely. It is what it is, right? Yeah. There's always a way. If there's a will, there's a way mm-hmm. for sure. So, so now let's kind of roll into um, Alcove as yeah. a restaurant. What was that first day like when you opened up? Like, 
Because we asked, uh, we, we had uh, Ephraim from Boon Boona, and he oh, was yeah. like, he was hyped. He was just like yeah. hyped. He was like, well, let's do it. Um, was that how you felt as well? Like, obviously you were excited, but what were some things that were... It was really exciting, but do you want the truth? truth? Yeah, bring it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like contemplating if I should really tell the real story about uh, the week that Alcove opened. Um, I was super stressed out, as anybody probably would be opening mm-hmm. a restaurant, mm-hmm. um, and it kind of like affected my health. So the week I was opening the restaurant, I was like suffering from kidney stones. So that was really tough. Um, So I literally, like literally you guys was, you know, in there trying to prep, trying to like manage everybody, doing our grand opening party, like left to go to the ER maybe like three times in the span of like a couple days. Damn. And I had surgery actually on a Monday and the grand opening was Friday. So Mm. it was really tough. Wow. Damn. <laughs> Not to discourage anybody. No, out no, no, there. no. But that's real, though. That was really tough. Yeah. yeah. But also, like, it was such an accomplishment. Um, and even before opening Alcove, I did a Kickstarter to launch it. Um, and that process was really amazing, too. It was really, like, humbling. It was, you know, I cried throughout, like, the whole 30 days just mm-hmm. to see, like, people believe in me and mm-hmm. people, like, giving mm-hmm. me money that yeah. they worked hard for. It yeah. was, like, yeah. you know, so the whole process of opening it was pretty amazing just to kind of feel like, people believe in me people support me like making people proud because you because you need that though like especially when you're an entrepreneur you're going into business you're usually by your lonesome you know yeah and you're kind of in your own head a lot and so to hear people from the outside like affirming the Mm -hmm. things that you already know are true um it does help yeah no definitely yeah yeah because i mean like you said yourself um I mean, if you love it, everything that comes with it is kind of worth it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, Definitely. That's true. Um, just going through that whole week and everything, and then finally it's like, you're like, dang, you yeah. know, I made it. Like, yeah. you know, that's like a great feeling. And you look back on it now. Like, when I when you think, of, you started chuckling, you started yeah. laughing. Like, you can yeah. look back on it like, yeah, well, that shit was crazy. It was, it was like, I birthed the restaurant, yeah. literally. Like, yeah. birth things. It was terrible. But it was, yeah, looking back now, it's yeah. an accomplishment. So, is there a story, like, behind the name? Like, what does it mean? Nothing. So I was going back and forth. Do I want a Portuguese name? Do I want an English name? Yeah. My parents' restaurant name was Tempero do Brasil, and mm-hmm. that was like really tough for everybody yeah. to say. And I like anytime my mom would like be on the phone with like a vendor or like payroll company, she'd have to sit there and spell. And it was uh, like three yeah. words, and it was just like I want something easy. Um, so we were kind of just I was going through names in Portuguese and English, and mm-hmm. um, Alco. I wanted a name that kind of. Uh, meant like a little like not hole in the wall but like a little space like a little Mm -hmm. nook like because that's what it is it's you know Mm -hmm. just this little tiny house and you know that alcove was one of those names and Mm -hmm. people people liked it it won the vote of like family and friends so yeah yeah Yeah. and plus i feel like i don't know man i think like black people in general black brown people like we just find a way to take nothing and turn it into something you know what i mean like what uh, what, what uh, Isaiah say last time? He's like, we made the best top ramen or some shit. Like, oh yeah, yeah. I don't know. Like he says, he's that was like his metaphor. I don't know. Yeah. But it's like we can take something like, regardless of the size of the building or mm-hmm. the space, and as long as you put your own touch on it, you yeah. put um, you put your own uniqueness into it, you can turn it into value. And right. so the reason I wanted to bring that up is because you obviously having ties to your culture, right, mm-hmm. and your heritage. Um, do you think that gave you an added confidence knowing that, hey, I'm, you know, like you said, your parents were the first Brazilian yeah. restaurant that right there separates them yeah, from everybody. Definitely. Like, mm-hmm. so like, I feel like American general yeah. American dining and cuisine is like, they're all kind of mimicking each other in some yeah. way. So yeah. d- did that kind of give you a little 
bit more confidence knowing that you had your yeah. your culture to depend on? Right. To be honest, kind of no. At first, I didn't want that uniqueness because it, mm-hmm. it, it's scary. It's scary to be the first. It's scary to mm-hmm. kind of like pave the way. Yeah. So at first, I kind of didn't want it to be a full Brazilian restaurant. I kind of, you know, wanted to go where everybody else was going. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, through talking to my husband, to family, friends, and other people inside, they're like, you're, that's what makes you special. That's what makes you unique. Yeah, that's why yeah. people are going to come here because yeah. they can't go anywhere else. If you're just going to be like everybody else, you mm-hmm. know, there's a million choices. So it actually, to be honest, didn't come to me. It was scary to yeah. be like the Brazilian restaurant or kind of like, I felt like I was putting myself like in that circle yeah. or like, you know, just in that Limit, box. Like limiting, limiting yourself. Limiting yeah. myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I, so that was kind of like hard because I wanted to, you know, do what everybody was doing and what was working. Mm. So, but through the process, I have recognized that it's actually special and it's important and mm-hmm. it's actually beneficial um, to have that like uniqueness. Yeah, more than yeah, ever. That's real. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Especially now. Yeah, for sure. You got to rip your culture. Period. Definitely. Like, um, before it gets taken, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm telling you, like bro. seriously. I'm serious, <laughs> for man. Real. I, I know. I'd I've be been to, I, I've been to a chicken waffle spot. I was telling the homie, I was like. I was like, uh, there's just a bunch of white people in there, and they're looking at me crazy. Like I was, well, I wasn't supposed to be in a chicken waffle spot. So I was like, bro, yeah, that's yeah. dope. Um, <laughs> no, seriously, bro, that's a culture shock. Yeah, for real. Um, now, uh, I kind of want to ask this question because obviously you being a chef, right? Mm-hmm. You kind of have to have a creative mind, but then also being the owner, yeah. you also have to be business savvy and have right. the business mindset. Mm-hmm. So how do you balance that? Right, like oh we we kind of use that. Remember that metaphor about like uh, an artist and a music ma- artist's management, right. right? So the artist can yeah. go in the studio, make all the music, create, mm-hmm. while this person handles the business. But if you have to do both, right? What do you lean more towards, or how do you balance that? Yeah, so I definitely lean more towards creativity. Okay. Um, I think of myself as like a culinary artist. That's like where the passion comes from. That's why I like mm-hmm. cooking is because I can be creative. Um, but definitely running the restaurant and the catering business, you know, I also have to be like business savvy. And mm-hmm. what I've learned, um, I kind of have always, you know, I started as a private chef and then I started doing like small catering events for clients and it kind of like grew. And I was just so used to doing everything on my own. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest lesson that I've learned is to, you know, get help mm. hire people there like competent go. people yeah and to kind of like let that controlling part <laughs> go yeah relinquish um, it yeah no it definitely that was a big learning curve for me was to like let people answer emails for me let people post on social media which seems like you know it's easy to do but it's like i wanted to do it all because yeah. i wanted it's my brand it's me like yeah. it's personal especially with cooking and it's really your baby personal. exactly that's, that's, how, that's what they call it yeah. so i just had to learn to like hire competent people to help me yeah and i think that's so i, I literally the reason i ask that is because there's so many people that i know mm-hmm. personally who are like going in down this entrepreneurship path mm-hmm. and they are just kind of sticking to themselves yeah early on mm-hmm. and then it's the moment they start seeing progress they're they just stick to that because they're like i've done it that's myself what they know. that's all yeah. they know mm-hmm. um so I don't know. The way I see it is like you can look at it as I need help mm-hmm. or I can provide an opportunity yeah. for someone, right? Mm-hmm. So like that that right. competent part is important though, mm-hmm. for yeah, sure. Like you, you got to build a highly. team, but you got to build a team of people who know what they're doing. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah but I to grow, you definitely need help. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think that like having help is not a sign of weakness. It's actually a sign of like you know building yeah. something big. Yeah, yeah, that's real. 
yeah. took me forever to learn that. <laughs> it's hard because, you know, it's it's personal to people, like, building their business, doing – and like you said, starting small, it's, like, working. It's how you know how to work mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. So it's, like, when it gets bigger, you're, like, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah, yeah definitely. Well, uh, speaking of social media, mm-hmm. you know, definitely checked out the website yeah. and, like, the Instagram. Uh, the food looks amazing, by Thank the way. Thank you. Yeah, I thought you were going to uh, bring some. I should have. <laughs> I'm joking, I'm joking, I'm joking. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, so – I mean, obviously, like, taste is important with mm-hmm. food, but I see, like, your presentation mm-hmm. is, like, very, yeah. like, elegant, you know like, what I mean? And so, um, how, like, yeah, how important <laughs> is, like, presentation, like, in the food world? Very. You eat with your eyes first. Yeah. And um, not only that, but, like, social media is extremely important, especially with restaurants. People, mm-hmm. that's, like, the first thing people see. They're like, oh, I want that. Yeah. So, like, presentation to me is really important mm. for sure. Um, yeah. Are there, like, any others? Uh. Factors? With? With, uh, food. Yeah. Um, I definitely, like, presentation, being organized in the kitchen, um, obviously your food has to taste good. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) You know? There's a lot of pretty looking food that Mm -hmm. don't taste good. Yeah. I would say that I'm, like, a combination of both. I'm not that, you know, like, food that's so pretty. It's, like, art. You can't eat it. Yeah. Um. I, I definitely would call, like, my food, like, soulful food, you know, like, food mm-hmm. that, like, your mom or your granny makes, but, mm-hmm. like, refined, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Um, have, now, have you had people reach out to you who maybe want advice, mm-hmm. some sort of mentorship, things like that, um, and are you open to that? Yeah, definitely. I've had some. My mom actually was um, a culinary instructor at Rainier Beach for, like, Seattle schools. Uh, okay. I forgot. I don't know the programming name. Um, but a lot of, like, their young cooks I have had, like, come, like, intern with me, work mm, with me. Dope. I definitely am a believer in, like, passing things down. Mm-hmm. And, like, if you need advice in something, like, if I know it, I'm going to give you that information. Yeah. You know, like, I'm Paint all, it forward. Yeah, definitely. definitely. Paint it forward. And I'm, so I know a lot of caterers. Mm-hmm. In the city currently, yeah. Um, do you have any tips for those who are constantly um, doing catering events, things like that? Um, I guess what is some advice you may have for them to maybe actually have that transition or make that transition into something bigger? Because I, I don't know. I, I mean, like you said, food truck, right, is one mm-hmm. way to do it. Yeah. But um, I, I, I just feel like a lot of people who are caterers, I, I would assume they have the ultimate vision of at least having their own restaurant, right? I mean, yeah. I, that's how you do it, right? Right. Well, like, again, I kind of didn't because my, I saw that it was hard. It was just, like, intimidating to me to see my parents work hard mm-hmm. for a long time. And I have small kids. So, like, the restaurant thing wasn't really on my drawing board. I did want to, although I, I would say, like, dream big. And I did want, like, a huge catering company, like, yeah. the huge ones out there. So, that was kind of, like, my aim, okay. what I was aiming for. Um, my advice would be um, definitely, like, create your brand and like know what your brand is all about Mm -hmm. and really stick to it social media is really important i put a lot of money into like pictures and things like that Mm -hmm. because visual is really important with food do your Um, research do your research research. don't be afraid to reach out i think that's also another thing of mine that i had to learn aside from asking people for help was to kind of you know ask people for help in a way of like networking with mm-hmm. people i kind of just didn't want to be a bother to people you know and but i now realize that like networking and coming together is really really important yeah because mm-hmm. i mean you hear networking all the time in like business <coughs> yeah and, you know so many different spaces whether it's media business mm-hmm. um 
in food service, I, I mean, net, I, I, how do you network? Do you, like, go to conferences, things like that? Like, what, they what, do, yeah, there's a lot of conferences, especially for, you know, like, women or, like, minority. There's, yeah. like, a lot of conferences for that. But also, um, really, like, going to restaurants and, you know, asking to speak with a chef and mm-hmm. meeting them, um, doing collaborations, mm-hmm. reaching out to other chefs that kind of have something in common with you mm-hmm. um, and doing, like, a collaboration dinner with them and mm-hmm. things like that. That's really important because then, you know, that gets you in front of, like, their customers their mm-hmm. their followers who may have not ever known about you so yeah. that's pretty important too networking is really important yeah i like i like what you said about you eat with your eyes first yeah definitely. oh man that's I do right that all the time like, yeah. like that show man versus food yeah. that was my shit like <laughs> I, that was my show yeah. right but they that that speaks those. to why i like this so much now yeah. i get it <laughs> seriously uh no, and, and yeah. you were on um i was on master, master chef, chef right? and cutthroat yeah. kitchen how, yes. how was that experience crazy because it's you know reality tv is really like not reality TV. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's scripted right <laughs> definitely okay I, at least the master chef one i think i passed the contract so i'm just gonna tell it all now there you go statue um, limitations <laughs> good exactly. it was in 2010 and actually uh being on master chef is kind of like what also encouraged me to go to culinary because yeah. i w- it was before i went to culinary school and all of that i was like serving and i was still thinking i was gonna do like management yeah. um and so MasterChef is, like, for amateur home cooks. So I went to that. I didn't make it all the way to the show. I spent, like, a week in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, totally scripted. Yeah. Um, did so you did you learn anything, though, like, in terms of maybe how to create content around your food uh, <coughs> um, or your dishes? No, because it really was not about the food. It mm. was really about the, the drama. drama. Yeah. Um, they kind of already had who, who they were going to have on already mm. planned out. Gotcha. So – I learned that it was really not about the food, I guess, is what, and it encouraged me to go to culinary school. Yeah. yeah. So, but you, that, that, you gotta know what you don't want. You gotta yeah. know what you don't want. Right. I swear, like that's that's part of Definitely. the plan, right? Yeah. Um, For sure. No, seriously. And so, now with the research um, that you do, um, I guess, because I'm, I'm trying to figure out like how we can get more women to be able to take that leap of faith yeah um but for you was there ever a moment when you had like a fork in the road because i mean i feel like plenty. yeah right, yeah plenty <laughs> plenty but like what like what do you do in those moments right like how yeah. do you how do you persevere how do you push through how, or how did you push through right those moments because everybody goes through it you know yeah, and no, definitely. i just want to kind of draw from your experience you know i can't remember like my first fork in the road yeah. but i feel like the you know the running theme is that things always happen for a reason, you know, like even like when negative things happen, I was working for Eddie Vedder who played for Pearl Jam and, mm-hmm. um, and then there was like a situation I wasn't working for them anymore and I was like super pregnant. So I was like really bummed out, mm-hmm. but that situation turned out to be for the better. So now when things happen, I'm always like, you know what? It's supposed to happen. Mm-hmm. Like some, like when negative things have happened or a fork in the road, I feel like it always has like brought me to a better situation. I'm yeah. a big believer in that. Yeah. To where like now when like negative stuff happens, I'm like, yeah. okay. You get excited. I, I kind of get excited. Yeah, I, I get that, excited. Yeah, yeah. because yeah. I feel it coming. I feel like the good stuff is coming, you know? So I, that's the point that I'm at right now. But I know that like if you're still kind of learning that and yeah. you're still in the beginning it's hard yeah um, i would just say just keep keep at it yeah yeah just keep at it have faith in yourself if you don't believe in yourself who yeah. else is going to yeah seriously you develop sure. habits too like, so if you if you consistently push through those forks mm-hmm. and yeah. those forks in the road 
um, you're just going to develop a habit yeah. of being able to do it moving forward. Definitely. And things will get bigger. Yeah. And there's going to be more obstacles, mm-hmm. right? And it's like I enjoy looking back and being like, wow, like I thought my life was over. Mm-hmm. I thought it was just going to be done. And like, yeah. look at me now. Like that's yeah. the best feeling ever. I would so much rather that than have it like easy breezy. Mm-hmm. Like there you go. Totally. Yeah, I think like when stuff goes too smooth mm-hmm. and I'm working on something, I get kind of nervous. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> same. It's not yeah, supposed yeah. to be going this way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. some so drama. Yeah. Like, same. all right, sometimes I'm like, I need something. Yeah, to, something. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I feel you. Me too. Now, um, so you know, now looking ahead, right? Mm-hmm. Um, we always like to provide um, our guests a chance to kind of cast some mm-hmm. things that you got coming down the pipeline. Um, so if you want to announce or share some things that you got coming. We'll yeah. You know, we'd love to hear it. Yeah. So, you know, just continuously expanding the catering company, mm-hmm. Chef Emmy Catering Co. and mm-hmm. um, Alcove. Um, with Alcove, we are hoping to, you know, have patio dining this summer, mm. um, you know, be able to drink some caipirinhas out mm. in the on the sidewalk. Yep. I'm down for that. <laughs> yeah, me too. <laughs> we <laughs> have. <laughs> with the Seattle sun that we've yeah, been having. Yeah. Um, my dad makes us. Um, hot sauce that everybody really loves the green sauce um, hoping we bottled it at a certain point like a couple years ago um, but that was like really hard and a whole nother podcast (laughs) to do like (laughs) selling things in the store Mm. that was tough Um, but hopefully I'm wanting to bottle that and sell it at the restaurant along with like a lot of other like uh, food items Mm -hmm. retail Mm -hmm. so we'll do that and expending our hours when we get towards the summer Maybe yeah. lunch, brunch. Okay. See what's in store. Yeah. I think I think the beautiful thing is you have a space. Yeah. And when you get a space, you're able to, you know, modify it, alter yeah. it, do mm-hmm. what you want because, yeah. you know, it's kind of your space to do it. Yeah. Um, that's a big theme on this show. We always mm-hmm. try to push people to just occupy spaces when they can, especially yeah. in this city where Definitely. It's, they're running out. <laughs> yeah. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. um, where can people find you? Social media, handles, yeah. everything? You can find me at uh, at Chef Emmy underscore. That's the catering company. And then at Alcove Seattle on Instagram. Mm-hmm. And then Facebook slash Chef Emmy and then slash Alcove Seattle. Yep. Yep. Yes. We'll definitely make sure we have the handles up. Yep. Um, now, this is a question I always ask all our guests okay. uh, before they get up out of here. And uh, it's something to kind of, again, sum up everything we discussed, mm-hmm. right? And as well as cast what's ahead as well. Um, so if you can, mm-hmm. what's one word to describe what keeps you on the up and up? Oh my gosh. And you can you can kinda you explain. Can I think? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Take your time. Okay. Um I uh, ambition. I'm pretty ambitious. I feel like I'm always like dreaming bigger and like wanting something bigger. So mm-hmm. I think that that definitely keeps keeps me going. Mm. Being ambitious. Is that the f- that's the first time we got ambition. That's crazy. Yeah. Yeah? yeah? That's the first okay. time we got ambition. Yeah. Yeah. You would think, <laughs> yeah. right? What have you gotten? We've <laughs> uh, <laughs> got a lot of words, yeah. Yeah, that's, that's a whole other podcast. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's dope, though. No, and then I, I, I definitely agree. Yeah. I think, I think your story yeah. speaks to ambition, period, yeah. right? And you're, you're just getting started. But, yes. um, you know, you do got to make sure you reflect mm-hmm. on what you've done to get to this point right here. Definitely. So that's yeah. dope. Um, we definitely gotta come check you out. Oh yes, yeah, please do. Hell yeah. Yeah, yeah. Hey, what was that drink you guys said? I'm not, I can't pronounce that. But <laughs> see, I'm not butchering nothing. <laughs> yeah. you know what I'm saying I'm gonna do right by the culture. I'm not gonna butcher it. If I don't know how to say, it, I'm not gonna say it. All right. I'll learn it off there. Um, yeah, but outside of that, Emmy, thank you for coming to the show. Uh, we definitely appreciate you and the work you're doing. Thank you. Um, hopefully, you know, we're able to reach one person at least with yes. this message uh, and this story. Um, anything else you wanna? Nothing? Uh, you got uh, something, man. No, no, no. Okay. 
Thank good. you for having me. Yeah, man. Up and up online store coming. Oh yeah, All right, it's already here. Yeah, it's yeah already when you, here. by the time you hear this, it's already it's already launched. No, yeah. it's just here. It's here. Okay. Right. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, thank you for coming to the show. You definitely have our support moving thank forward. Um, yeah. Outside of that, I think it's safe to say. Chef Emmy Ribeiro Collins is officially a member of the Up and Up. Can we get a round of applause? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Yo, what up? It's Rubino. And this is DJ Earn. We hope you enjoyed that episode and that now you have a better understanding of what it means to live life on the Up and Up. To continue supporting the podcast and the entire Up and Up movement, be sure to rate, review, like, and subscribe. As well as follow us at underscore the Up and Up on all social media platforms to stay connected with everything the Up and Up has coming your way. Thanks for listening. And until the next one, Keep it on the up and up.